Hello, today our podcast is brought to you, as always, by Anchor.fm. It's a free-to-use app that helps you record, edit, and distribute your own podcast. They will even pay you to talk about it. Wink, wink. If you're thinking about making a podcast, consider using Anchor.fm. This is the Christian Salt Podcast. So we have the obvious, the necessary, and then we have the Puritan. What is modesty? How do we regulate it? And who do we regulate? Right. You gotta wear clothes. You ain't coming. You ain't coming. <laughs> Please wear clothes. Yes, or <laughs> shoes and like work. dress um, codes are generally stated to be built for, for women. women. Um, <laughs> did you get dress coded once? No, I got reverse dress coded. The- Allie's got a Bible verse for us because the Bible is where we go when we are confused. Dress in a way that brings people people closer to God. Are you concerned about what they're wearing or who they are as a person? Having expectation is not a bad thing. guys, I'm Allie. And I am Tori. And today we're going to be looking at the question, what's wrong with dress codes? Mostly, specifically, high school, middle school, but dress codes in particular. Um, Allie is my sister. She's back on the podcast. Um, Allie, why don't you give us a random fact about yourself? Just let people know. Or a random fact in general. Oh, gosh. Okay. um, Five. Okay, okay, Um. okay, stop. (laughs) Did you know that armadillo... Uh, shells like their their outer body are bulletproof. Uh, yeah, we have an actual recorded case. I think this guy was from Texas, um, and he shot at an armadillo, and it actually ricocheted back, and it sent him to the hospital. <laughs> That's kind of amazing, armadillo protection. I did not know that. Um, I'm know. glad that I do know that now. That if I ever go um, to Shoot war with zombies, I'm gonna bring armadillos. Um, they sound pretty handy. Our zombies don't use guns. If I ever go to war against <laughs> zombies with guns, <laughs> I will bring armadillos. Um, okay, on that note, we're going to get straight down to our topic. Um, today, we are going to be talking, like I said, about dress code. I understand this is a bit of a volatile topic, but I think it's kind of interesting. I've been hearing a lot about it on the social medias and the websites. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever read those, like uh, BuzzFeed or all these articles about crazy thing that happened with dress code and and I've been reading some of those so I thought it'd be kind of yeah. an interesting topic to cover because school's starting back up and um dress codes are changing because now people have to wear masks yeah for yeah for, for the COVID so a lot of dress code drama um and I kind of want to start off by saying I'm not here to attack schools things I went to public high school I've I've been there I understand how it works uh, so this is not attacking, but more kind of like looking into the issue and some of the definite faults within dress codes. Um, we're not going to be hitting a whole lot of the positives because I feel like then the podcast episode would be forever, a hundred years long because <laughs> it, it's definitely a, du- a dual sided issue. So, um, if you want to hear us talk about dress code more after this, let us know on our media pages and we will dig take a right- part too. Yeah. We'll dig right part, in- right part, right into that part stuff. So I want to kind of start, if you don't know the drama or the stuff going on, I'm going to start by reading some of these these examples of extreme dress code, like violation rule stuff that's kind of a little weird, a little out there. Um, a lot of stuff we're going to be talking about isn't like basic dress code. Uh, so just be aware, this will kind of set the tone. Um, so I've got, I think, seven of them. I found a whole bunch, but these were seven, I think, that kind of identified different problems. Uh, so there's this one high school in Florida. 
which had a dress code that said no sleeveless shirts. And one girl um, was sent home. She actually went and fought against the school. Most of these are people who went and fought against the school, which is why we know about them. But she was wearing a sleeveless top under a jacket, so she that had sleeves. That was zipped up. It was zipped up, too. The jacket was. And um, and so the sleeveless top under the jacket that was mm-hmm. zipped up. And she was sent home for that, so, like, nobody could even see her shoulders. Um, number two, I have two examples of this. In Tennessee, at one day, 40 girls were sent home for wearing leggings. And one day, they're like, eh, you got to go home. And then in Lansing, Kansas, an 11-year-old girl was pulled out of class and suspended for wearing leggings. There was this school in Kentucky. Um, she was sent home because her collarbone was showing she had, like, a... Yeah, I showed you this picture. Yeah, yeah, this one had a picture with it. She was wearing a... It was just a regular top that had a cardigan thrown over it. It's a rule there that girls can't show their collarbones. Kind of, yeah, but... So she was sent home. That was a school in Kentucky. There's a school in Cali that sent... It was reported as 40, but most students reported to being, like, 60 girls got in trouble mm-hmm. one day for inappropriate dress violations. And the biggest thing was said that their straps had to be, like, three inches wide. There's a school in Illinois... Where you can't show your um, shoulders at all. At all. So you have to have sleeves on. Sleeves. Or all those like fancy dancy ones where they cut out the shoulders. Oh, the cold shoulders. Is that what they're called? I think so. The cold shoulder. That's cold really shoulder funny. tops, yeah. Okay. So here's kind of um, a really interesting one. Uh, there is this school where this girl, she's nine years old. So this is, again, not high school, of course. It's elementary, isn't it? Nine? Yeah, young. Young. And she, she's a, a young black child and... She was sent to the office because her hair was deemed inappropriate. I think she had her natural hair, and the teacher said that it was unruly and I, really racist things. I also have another example of this. Two girls at a Boston school, they were they were sent home, and they got, like, those hair extensions. They were also black. They had, yeah, the braided hair extensions, and they were also sent home, and they were actually pulled from all their extracurricular activities and prom. They weren't allowed to go to prom. Because of and, their hair? Uh, yeah, they said the hair extensions were distracting. I see. Okay, well, that's a bonus one because I didn't know about that one. Yeah. And then my seventh slash eight now. One <laughs> is there was this one girl in Florida. I think it was Fort Lauderdale. So there's that. Mm, um, she was giving a speech to win an NHS or National Honor Society position um, to be their treasurer, I believe. She gave a speech in a sundress, right? And she won her position and stuff, but she violated dress code because her sundress had two small straps. So, um, the school actually, uh, suspended her and stripped her of her NHS position. I asked if she could redo the whole thing and wear a jacket and redo her speech, but they told her no, so she lost that. Kind of sad. I was an NHS officer, so my heart breaks for her. Yeah, so those are just, and there's a lot more out there. Um, often if you really want to look into this issue, there's a lot of pictures and things you can use. A lot of things to do with prom, too, mm-hmm. with dresses and the ways, and a lot of it has to do with the way that administration will out these things right so yeah those are some examples of dress code violations that have been seem as extreme so I guess first thing before we talk about what's wrong with a dress code we need to talk about why there is a dress code I think that there's uh, there's like three reasons crinkling my notes over here (laughs) (laughs) trying to see but one is like literally setting expectations yeah so oftentimes like if you work in a workplace you, you basically, you have, I don't want to say a uniform per se, but you have a dress code you have to work by. Oftentimes it's like uh, suits or closed-toed shoes. Or I know where I work, I actually have a uniform that I have to wear, which is basically a polo and dress pants. And 
Yeah, and there's expectations, like, out in life. You know, you go to the beach, you wear a bikini, you go to Walmart, you wear shoes, and pretty much anything else. Basically, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you go to an interview. So having expectations is not a bad thing. So mm-hmm. having a dress code with expectations is you're in a learning environment, which we'll go into. You know, you're in a situation where you're dealing with a lot of other students of different, you know, ethnicities, cultures, backgrounds, also, you know tolerance levels and everything like that having expectation is not a bad thing um a second thing about why dress codes are important and why they exist is protection um this one seems a little weird like off the bat but it makes a lot of sense um especially in light of a lot of things happening in schools that are potentially dangerous right yeah so you know think of like really big backpacks who knows what people could be hiding in there um, like some certain jewelry can actually be, I've, I've seen a couple of them where they can be like taken apart and made into, into weapons. So, you know, you want to keep that under tight wraps. Yeah, there's things like that. And then also if we're talking about protection, especially nowadays, um, like wearing your, your masks oh, yeah. or not wearing masks. It used to be, but now like <laughs> wearing masks to like protect your fellow students and everything mm-hmm. as we're entering this interesting time in our school system. But yeah, so there are certain parts of dress code, which are for the benefits of students, even though sometimes they may seem a little funky. And then lastly, and this one is kind of the one that's used a lot in dress code defense, and I'm saying like crazy dress code defense, is um, it's there to foster a positive learning environment right? in school that are definitely banned and for good reason are things that have really offensive language, drug paraphernalia, you know, exposing like hateful messages. You really want a positive environment right, yeah. for kids. Um, so there's that, and this is where it kind of gets a little iffy. I'd say, like, cloudy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I believe that all these things, though, are really good things that help bring schools and students and everything together. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say in moderation. Everything has to do with balance and order. So there are ways that dress code can definitely go wrong. In my research, (laughs) research, research, I found this article, and I'll probably link it on our social media page, so stay tuned for that. Um, It was on the blog uh, Grown and Flown, um, basically talking about what's wrong with high school dress code by Michelle Riddle. And she broke it down into three things with dress code. First we have is... The obvious. So this is stuff like you want shoes and, and wear clothes. clothes. Please. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you know, clothes and shoes and stuff like that. Definitely covering your um, your sensitive area. So <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> yeah. So that the, just, you know, obvious, like, if you have to wear it out in public, that's that's basically what she means. Yeah, like the obvious things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the necessary. And this is kind of what we were talking about when it comes to protection and things like that, there are certain rules that are maybe not obvious but are definitely necessary. Like you have to wear a mask now to protect your your fellow students. Or like don't wear trench coats or don't have shirts that, you know, support really awful things. Make sure that you don't have like covered in curse words, things like this. Or, you know, for a while bandanas were banned. Right, yeah. You know, and some of them may seem a little arbitrary or that, but the necessary things that aren't necessarily obvious, but help in the long run. And then the last one Michelle kind of entertains or like says is so we have the obvious, the necessary, and then we have the puritanical, which is a fun word. Basically, (laughs) it's things that are based off Puritan culture. 
and this has a lot to do with Christianity, though, too. Right. So right. this is, um, we're not going to talk about it a lot today, but, like, modesty culture and things like that often comes from the Puritans. The Puritans. So yeah. when she says puritanical, she's basically talking about regulating modesty. Right. Which is, which is, like, the issue alert that we're hitting. And that's, yeah, usually where all the issues come into play. Like, you can't show your shoulders, can't show your collarbone, we don't Mid-riff. like your hair, um, those pants are too tight. And so all these things about regulating modesty. Right. And that's where we're going to go into the issues today. So before we talk about all this, we have to kind of think through these questions of mm-hmm. what is modesty, how do we regulate it, and who do we regulate? Right. So when dealing with what we consider you should and shouldn't wear, and this is, again, excluding the obvious and the necessary, we already know we're down with those. You know, you gotta wear you gotta wear clothes. You ain't coming. You ain't coming. <laughs> Please wear clothes. Yes, or <laughs> shoes and like we're we're excluding those. So, yeah, those we get. Uh, but what do we regulate when it comes to modesty? And this is where a lot of the issues come in. And we're gonna talk about four different things why regulating modesty can become very problematic. The first one is modesty regulation is generally inherently sexist Mm -hmm. so Allie you want to talk about some of this so we'll go back to the examples we gave if you were listening uh really really close (laughs) um you would have uh you would have noticed that all the examples we gave we said young girl or she or her none of those none of those um examples we gave were actually guys so there there is that really big problem dress um, codes are generally stated to be built for, for women. women based on like things like shoulders and collarbones mid-riffs and, and midriffs yeah. and while saying that guys don't necessarily run into this there have been a lot of studies that show the amount of times that girls are punitively punished for these things versus mm-hmm. guys and even when they wear the same clothes. outfit yeah so i and i remember when i went to high school I was really big about following the dress code, and I remember reading the uh, dress code bylines, and the boys probably had about two paragraphs, and it basically boiled down to, please pull your pants up, and uh, please keep a shirt on. Basically, that was that was basically it. And while the girls had two-ish pages on, you know, the dress code li- bylines, and uh, yeah. This is also a good point to say. I, most people kind of know where I stand on, like, my personal <laughs> modesty. Um, so I, I'm pretty flamboyant in the things that I wear. I had a few issues in high school with dress code, but I, I kind of went to college instead, so I didn't worry about it. Allie, on the other hand, is generally pretty modest with her clothing. I would say my um, usual attire is slightly under business casual. <laughs> we call you a school marm. <laughs> Yeah, I get I get called a school teacher vibe a lot. Yeah, but it's very fabulous and fashionable, and it looks great. And it's not my style, but my style's not your style, right? And so this is something that I want to distinguish: is this is not me coming from like I want to wear crop tops constantly. I don't think I've ever worn a crop top in my life. I love them, <laughs> but uh, to know that Allie comes from a, like a little bit different perspective, right. she's the Emily of the day. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> love you, Emily. We miss you. But, yeah, so when we're talking about modesty, I just wanted to throw that in. But, so, yeah, it it generally is inherently sexist. Like you said, usually two-page, and it's been this way for a long time. They Mm -hmm. did studies going all the way through the 1980s of how many times they have 
done woman versus or girl versus boy on who gets punished. And I think and a lot more of the when girls are um, called out on this, a lot of the words thrown around are it's distracting for the boys. And I think I have heard that a lot. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe not to me, but like I never got dress coded. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you get dress coded once? No, I got reverse dress coded. The principal actually came up to me and he's like, this is exactly what <laughs> girls in high school should be wearing. Wow, that is the opposite. I know, like I was that person. Oh my but goodness. I've been around, a lot of my friends got dress coded um, for one reason or another. And I, almost every single time it was because they were distracting this, uh, the, what is it called, the class. And, and that's where we want to get down to the words that are being used. Women are often called distracting, mm-hmm. problematic, they're at fault. And while the clothes you choose to wear is your purpose, but it's never, oh, we want to protect you as a woman. It's mm-hmm. always you are distracting for the boys, right. which is sexist culture. Whether or not boys get distracted, um, it's not. It, the, the, the boys, <laughs> they'll get distracted by a cockroach on the wall. I okay. mean, if you don't want to do something, you're going <laughs> to get true. distracted. But again, putting all that weight on women, mm-hmm. which is a, a whole podcast of itself, but is inherently sexist. Right. So, and this also teaches girls that when they get pulled out, or people even get pulled out for any reason, but uh, get pulled out for wearing the wrong clothes, that their appearance is more important than their education. Yeah. What you are wearing, whether or not you're distracting to other people, is more important to the education that you're learning. They could be a prime student um, if Allie were to get dress coded, <laughs> you know, except the fact that their collarbone is showing. <laughs> Or the shoulders that are they're hiding under a jacket. They've got holes in their jeans. Could be something that that is more important than their education. Right. So moving on to the second point where modesty regulation runs into problematic areas mm-hmm. is that it is a culture of body shaming. And this is where it kind of comes into we have to talk about body figure. Oftentimes it targets people with very specific body types. So I know if you have a curvier figure... Uh, you would be a lot more likely to get pulled aside for, like, shortness of your tops or the low-cutness of your tops. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you were taller, it was the shortness of your pants or skirt. Uh, stuff like that was... Which is where it always kind of comes to an interesting point. So I am incredibly short. Mm-hmm. I am about hobbit size. No, hobbits were three feet. Oh, yeah, I've got one foot on them. Yeah, so I'm pretty short, and so I could get away with almost any length of short dress Mm -hmm. or anything, even if it wasn't up to dress code because it looked longer on me. Whereas I had really tall friends who would wear things within dress code and would still get dress coded, like they'd have to get checked. Right. Because uh, it seemed like it was too short on them. Especially younger girls, when you're just hitting puberty, that hits at all different levels and at different extremes. And different ages. And so when you're having, like, a 12-year-old girl being told about her cleavage, that's really uncomfortable. Kids that age shouldn't have to worry necessarily about their body. It's a hard enough time anyway. And just, like, 12-year-olds being sexy that's just a whole situation yeah no that's that's, it's difficult but it's uncomfortable for young girls to have to worry automatically as they're changing that oh my gosh you know Well, it that isn't something that they should have to deal with so yeah and that's again one of those gray awful like iffy areas yeah 
Another thing when it comes to body shaming, and these are the things we mentioned a little bit in our examples, but sometimes the dress code can be very inherently racist in the mm-hmm. way it works. Um, oftentimes people with certain hair hair textures. Hair, hair extensions. Like That's a big one I'm hearing mm-hmm. about is certain hairstyles are deemed inappropriate and not considered within dress code. Or I've heard of schools who are banning like culturally appropriate hair accessories like the scarves and... Are you talking about, like, hijabs and stuff? Yes, yes. Okay, so, yeah, even things, like, religious, Mm -hmm. but including, like, race and stuff, like, with, like, afros and braids and things like that can often be targeted as forms of discrimination because they don't fit, I'm putting air quotes up, the status quo. So making sure that our dress codes are not shaming in that way, but also racist, <laughs> Yeah, um, is really important because I, you know, I know some people have to change their hair completely. And for a lot of people with textured hair, that's incredibly like damaging. My little sisters have like textured little afros, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this thing of knowing that their natural hair is not, and again, air quotes, deemed appropriate. Uh, that's wrong. So that on, they have to change. Their that's not natural even. Self. Yeah, yeah, that's not even like a gray area. That's wrong on so many levels. Your natural self is who you are. Right. Uh, so there's that. That again, I could spend years talking about. It, so we're not <laughs> going to. And so we're going to move on to the next part because when you're trying to regulate all these things like body, hair, clothing, we have to get into this situation. Modesty regulation can often build a shame culture. So right. when girls or, or guys, when someone violates the dress code, many times, and they did this at our high school, you would have to either, you have a couple of options. You'd have to wait until your parents brought a change of clothes or you had a change of clothes. Mm-hmm. You would get sent home because or, you can't, or you would have to wear a the shame PE suit. uniform. It was a <laughs> PE uniform. It was like a, like a mustard yellow shirt with athletic shorts. And not the cute athletic shorts, like the guy's basketball shorts that went below your And they only knee. ever had, like, two... You didn't have to worry about this. No, I didn't had, ever like, have to worry about two this. sizes, so, like, I had basketball shorts that came down past my shins, <laughs> which is fabulous. Yeah. And I'll, there's been cases, though, where they literally will make shame suits. Mm-hmm. I violated the dress code. You know, and they would wear it in big, bold letters, and you'd have to wear that around. And it's this idea of, like, not only do you have to wear this... Not only do you have to change for something that may or may not be arbitrary, like there, are, like I said, there are some dress code rules that are solid, and something some that are like relative. But is we're gonna shame you about it? We're gonna make you feel even worse. And right. shame culture is incredibly damaging, especially to kids dealing with self-esteem issues. It's you're causing their peers to also judge them. It's altogether a huge mess. And you know, after some of my training and education, when I did all that. There's so many reasons why that's not good. Yeah. And again, that's a whole spiel. But just to make sure that shame culture should not be perpetrated, even with people breaking the rules. I remember they'd get little stickers if you had holes in your jeans. And they'd put them over. Yeah, or or duct tape. (laughs) And it would like, and the idea that you don't have holes in your jeans, and I'm not talking like risque holes, just any holes, was because it didn't look good, air quotes, because I love holy jeans. Uh, And so they would, you'd put like tape over them. And so you'd be walking around with duct tape all over your pants or weird stickers all over your pants. And I don't know how that, like, that looks that, worse. Th- yeah, it didn't make it any better. <laughs> You're like, wow, okay, now I look like. Or if you had something on your shirt that they deemed inappropriate, they you could just, like, put a, 
post-it note over it, and it was all okay. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's kind of funny the way, like, the fixes are. Yeah. But, yeah, so shame culture is a thing. And then I would say the last thing that gives modesty regulation kind of where it gets really into an iffy area right. is it can be really authoritative. And this kind of comes into the idea that somebody is making these rules. Somebody is setting the standard. And these people have biases and opinions of their own. They're not being totally, you know, objective. And if you are, that's great. You're good. Then you're not being authoritative. But this person who's making these rules is placing their own personal standards on other people. And if your standards are different and a lot stronger, then that can run into some sort of, like, problems. Just because I... Well, just because Allie wouldn't wear the clothes that I wear doesn't necessarily mean that she has a right to say... You shouldn't wear those. Yeah. Tori can't wear the holy jeans anymore. I'm sorry. No! (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, exactly. So you get this idea of... I just remember our principal at high school, and he was a nice guy and stuff. He was great, yeah. Yeah, and, like, he was a decent principal and stuff, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but there was this thing where he wanted to make a rule against kids wearing sweatpants. He did make a rule against leggings. Yes. We weren't allowed to wear leggings unless it was, like, paired with a dress. But against sweatpants entirely, and I remember it was kind of a big deal, because, like, parents met over it and stuff, and his reasoning was, is he just didn't think kids should wear sweatpants to school. He was a very proper man. You know, always wore, like, his ties and stuff. And If he ever wore a t-shirt, he wore a dress shirt under the t-shirt. It was <laughs> yeah. the height of fashion. You know. And so he, he thought that sweatpants were inappropriate, not because they were inappropriate, but just because... They were home wear, not school wear. I remember, like, finals week, he'd be like, come on, guys, you're giving up. I see so many sweatpants, and I'm like... I don't even want to be here. <laughs> uh, so that's where, like, personal standards can kind of get mm-hmm. in the way to things that don't matter as much. Right. Uh, and then it also reduces individuality. So I see a lot of when, you know, you're looking at stuff for this, a lot of times the solution to dress codes is to give everyone a uniform. And I don't have anything wrong, like, inherently wrong with uniforms. Uniforms are used a lot in, like, work However, they do pose their own problems, you know. They are taking away your individuality. If everyone's wearing the exact same thing, how do you make yourself unique? I mean, they also have the problem with, like, they're extremely expensive, you know. I mean, maybe not all of them, but I, I... well, school is going on right now, so a lot of the stores have the school uniforms ready. And if you look at the prices, they're like two or three times higher than the rest of the items in the store just because people have to buy them. And also, uniforms, well, again, I have nothing for or against. Actually, I'm pretty individualistic, so uniforms would probably break my soul a little bit. But I understand why they're there. Mm-hmm. But if you think that uniforms would solve all the problems, there was this one story of this uh, girl, I think she was like nine or ten. She was in elementary school. And her uh, school had uniforms. You could wear polos of white, black, navy blue, or dark green. green. Yeah, like Hunter. And she showed up and wore a green polo, and it was deemed not dark enough. Now, I, there's a picture online. You can look it up if you want to. It was, it's not like it was a pastel green or a lime green. It was a green. It was like the difference between a new green 
And then, like, a shirt that has been left in the sun a little bit too long. Yeah. You know, like that. Like, you can see the difference. But And she was suspended for wearing a shirt that wasn't dark enough. Mm-hmm. And it and it's, it's a polo that had nothing to do with... That was... That had to be straight that up. That was very chair. petty. Yeah, exactly. Very petty. You, you hear these stories, and if you're thinking, like, oh, that doesn't really happen, it really does. I just hit my hand on the table. Ouch! Um, I'm getting, I'm getting so into this, but yeah. And then I think the last part about like the authoritarianism, the, the authoritative step part of it mm-hmm. is that you're giving, you're taking away kids an opportunity to learn and actually make responsible decisions. So I understand that clothes are important. And I also understand that clothes can portray certain messages. I'm not going to lie about that. Right. Um, also, because I understand the clothes that I wear, like, I'm not going to wear my crop top and holy jeans to a job interview. I'm not, unless I'm going to work at a crop top store, which I'm not. I understand that there are reasons why dress codes and modesty regulation, like, exist. But I also think in, especially in high school, which I said we were going to focus on a little bit more, is you're getting these kids who are growing up and learning and make, starting to make life decisions. They turn 18, they can sign up for the military, they're about to go off to college where college unless you're going to a very specific private college doesn't have dress code at all and we're here trying to say like we're trying to foster this learning environment and we're trying to do all this and then we're going to send these wild children out into the world and how are they going to be able to make these decisions yeah the form and this is a hard line because you regulation versus non-regulation and all these things but if you take away kids autonomy to make choices then they're never going to learn how to make choices. At least good choices. They're going to get out, and they're going to go to the world, and they're not going to understand the importance of... Dressing well for what you're doing. Exactly. And also who they are and how they do want to dress, how they don't want to dress. Self-expression, like we said before, is important. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where modesty regulation can get into trouble. So we have all these reasons. Uh, There's probably a lot of, like I said, we're not going into necessarily all the positives of it or anything like that. Just kind of talking about some of the negativities of it. Uh, But we're Christians. This is a Christian podcast. And I understand modesty has a different correlation oftentimes within Christianity. Right, yeah. So what we have to ask, what does the Bible really say about modesty regulation? The Bible doesn't talk about high school. It wasn't really a thing Mm -hmm. then. So, I mean, we don't really have a clear guide of whether our principal should do what. But shouldn't we dress modestly as Christians? As a little disclaimer, you know, we're talking about schools, and oftentimes, like, there's a lot of public schools, which means not everybody is Christian. And, well, I'm not going to go into this because, again, another podcast entirely. But we don't have the right to necessarily enforce our modesty, Christian modesty rules or dress rules on people who are not Christian. You know, that's, there's a lot that goes into that separation of church and state. You know, schools are not Christian institutions. Unless they are. Unless they are, but I'm mm-hmm. talking like the majority of them, they're not all inherently. So there's that line. And we'll, if you want to talk more about that, send me a message. We also need to talk about, as Christians, what do we say about modesty? So Allie's got a Bible verse for us because the Bible is where we go when we are confused. So my Bible verse is from 1 Timothy 2, and it's 8 through 10. Um, Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or dispute. I also want the women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, 
adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. I think the the biggest takeaway on this uh, this verse here is that first off he says I want so it's not like it's a uh, Are you talking about Paul the person who wrote yes, this book? Yes. Yes, that's a, and while he's like an expert and you know he should be listened and followed because he's an amazing like teacher. You know, it it is a, he even says I want so, you know, it's not a, a direct, you know, from the mouth of God kind of thing. And so while while he's very smart, um, I also want to point out that there are no direct rules to clothes. Like, okay, I know there's direct references to clothes. <laughs> In the Old Testament, they're like, you cannot wear clothes woven of two different threads. Right, and we're already, like, super breaking those No rules. blended cotton. Right. But I want to point out the fact that there are no direct rules that say women have to have their hair uh, covered, not colored. Goodness. (laughs) They have to have their hair covered. You know, men can't wear, not wear shoes. You know, there's nothing really like that. Um, But what he does say is that he wants you to dress in a way that brings people closer to God, that, like, shows the world exactly who you are worshiping kind of thing yeah well it does give a lot of specifics in that verse like don't adorn your hair with pearls and gold and and a lot of that is to understand or expensive clothes is probably the most important line of right that right there mm-hmm. is because it's talking about the way that we dress shouldn't necessarily talk about our worldly status right but who it, we are in christ and that if you do decide to wear you know expensive things he's not saying that don't wear those But don't let that be what people see about you. So, you know, you want to, he even says, like, good deeds. You know, wear your actions as your clothing, which sounds, you know, super weird. Please still put clothes on. Yes. (laughs) Um, But, again, it kind of goes into this idea that modesty is more of a personal trait and Mm -hmm. not necessarily something super outward. So I'm going to kind of go into my verse because, you know, got to have verse wars. Um, <laughs> but so the verse that I really kind of connected with a lot about this is first Peter. Um, it's in first Peter three, I think it's three, three to seven. Yes. Maybe? Um, and it says, don't be concerned with outward beauty or fancy hair or expensive jewelry or beautiful clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth to God. So this one, again, kind of lists a lot of clothing. Mm-hmm. But basically, it talks about we shouldn't necessarily be concerned with our outward appearance as much as we should with our inward appearance. Right. And that includes clothes, and that includes caring about what other people wear a whole lot. Are you concerned about what they're wearing or who they are as a person? And while I'm not saying these aren't 100% directly correlated... But it's also, the clothes you wear do not define you. And this goes into a lot of things. If you wear really rich clothes, it doesn't define you as a person. If you're really poor and all you can afford are Walmart clothes, it doesn't define you as a person. If you wear clothes that most people deem immodest, it does not define you as a person. If you wear really, really modest clothes, it does not define you as a person. Right, yeah. And so when we're talking about dress code and modesty regulation and all these things 
a lot of it has to be self-regulated. And that's where we kind of come to undress codes and where a lot of Christians should kind of stand on these things is where Allie and I realize we have different standards for our personal modesty. Right, yeah. And the clothes we choose to wear doesn't define us. It's our actions that define us. We have to wear those. Right, and they should all just point back to God, you know, and how you wear your clothes isn't. It is important, and it points back to God, but it's not the defining thing. Right. So when it comes to high school dress code, I think that there's a lot of things that can be wrong with it, and we need to be really, really aware of how regulating modesty, especially in kids, can be really dangerous. And also can teach them the wrong lessons. Worrying so much about their appearance that they forfeit their education. And who they are as people is literally opposite of the message of the Bible. Teach them about their actions, not about their clothing. Right. So that's kind of where I'm going to end this episode. Any last thoughts, Allie? Oof, not from me. Any more random facts for us? No. (laughs) She's like, stop putting me on the spot. Um, Once again, if you have any questions, you want to learn more about this, uh, we'll probably... you want part two, keep doing some research, uh, just let us know on our social media. And remember to stay salty! Salt's podcast on Anchor FM. Stay tuned for our next episode. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Christian Salts. Follow us!